Hello and welcome to the Chorus in the Chaos podcast. My name is Jack, and I am joined this evening by the venerable, the one, the only, Blake, don't cross that line, Labrie. Uh, we're not joined by our good good friend Grayson. He had some matters to attend to this evening, but he'll be back with us very, very soon, Lord willing. Um, if you're joining us, we are in the back half, probably near the back third to back quarter. I don't know. Somewhere we have there. no idea, do we? We have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> we, somewhere we, we're in we season where two. Where this ends, we have no idea. We don't know. Uh, but we're in season two. We're probably near the end. And uh, we are, if you've been listening with us, you know that we're covering topics that we've kind of themed um, common struggles of the Christian life. And, um, tonight we've got a doozy. Um, Blake and I were just talking beforehand about how completely inadequate we feel. Uh, well, not inadequate, but what's the right word? Yeah. Maybe inadequate is the right word. <laughs> yeah. It is a difficult, it's a difficult subject to put on the paper yeah. and then talk about the, the whys of it. Yep. You know? Yep. So. Yeah, but we'll be we'll be talking about setting appropriate boundaries with your family, mm -hmm. which yep. is tough. Like, with how do you do that? What does that and look like? your non-Christian family. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Inward and outward. So, uh, it should should be a good episode. Um, if you've uh, been listening to us for a while and you don't, you know, hate it, you're still listening. Hey, thanks. That's that's good. Welcome back. Uh, consider leaving us a review. Those, those are helpful. Those uh, reviews on Apple and Spotify, uh, comments on YouTube, all those things, they help other people find the podcast because those fancy uh, Mark Zuckerberg algorithms and whatnot uh, will bring it. So uh, we, we appreciate those. And thank you for the couple of us. A couple of people recently have sent us emails and messages. Thanks so much for reaching out. Uh, we, we do this because we hope it edifies and wants you guys uh, to Christ. And, you know, we hope that this is an aid um, and a supplement to, you know, to your walk in Christ that we can, the Lord can work through us, that it can bless you and, uh, point you to Christ and to your local church. So, yep. um, Blake, any, anything else to add by way of house housekeeping? Nope. Nope. I think the, okay. house, the house is kept. Is kept. The house yep. is kept. Um, yeah. So Alistair Begg, Blake. Yeah. So yeah. If, uh, if you keep up with, uh, Christian culture at all, uh, particularly um, conservative Christian culture, then no doubt uh, you have heard about the Alistair Begg controversy uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, so not to comment too much on the controversy itself, but to give you a little bit of, of setting, um, Alistair Begg, uh, doing his radio uh, program, received a call from this little old lady uh, who asked the question that she had a uh, grandchild, I believe, uh, in a homose uh, homosexual relationship and that they were going to be getting married, the, the grandchild and their um, significant other. Uh, of course, um, this is a question that probably 50 years ago, no one ever would have thought you would have had to answer um, because it was just in, it was inconceivable that this was going to be an, uh, an issue. Uh, but as time rolls on, it's becoming uh, more and more and more uh, popular. Uh, it's becoming more and more common. And so, of course, she asked the question, what should I do? I, I received a wedding invitation. Should I go to the wedding? And you'll know that if you kept up with this controversy that Alistair Begg's uh, answer essentially was, you should go and you should buy a gift. Um, 
This, of course, blew up online. Um, there was all kinds of fallout from it. He did a message following that kind of doubled down on his take. And, uh, you know, whether you agree with it or not, don't agree with it, uh, his, his goal was to be um, gracious and loving and all of these different things. But where this story kind of pertains to us is it brought about a lot of debate surrounding a larger question on relational uh, boundaries and particularly as it applies to the Christian life yeah. um, and as it pertains to, to non-Christians and Christians and these kind of things, uh, these kind of scenarios. Um, what is that balance between love and conviction? Uh, you know, as we had talked about this, uh, Grayson and myself and Jack, several weeks ago, this this whole Alistair Begg thing, we'd kind of talked about it lightly. Um, and it came up amongst us of just the difficulty of being able to draw out biblical boundaries within your house, for yourself, uh, for your family, as it applies, uh, and different, those different kinds of things. And so, again, we're looking at the uh, setting appropriate boundaries for, for you and for your family as a Christian. Uh, where do you draw the line and say, I will not go uh, this far? Or right. where do you draw a line and say, you cannot come this far <laughs> into, into my life? It's kind of a two-sided uh, kind of two thing there. So. Uh, so the first question, and I guess the first difficulty is trying to define what a boundary is that we're talking about, because we all have boundaries and we all have boundaries with uh, family. We have boundaries at work. We have boundaries in the church and things that are allowable and not allowable, but trying to put a definition to what that means and how that is applied and why it's applied uh, honestly has proven kind of difficult and that's yeah. what jack was mentioning earlier is it's just it's it's a strange it's a strange way to kind of look at it i guess uh so the best definition that we, uh, we can kind of come up with is um what is a boundary so there's a there's a on this issue of personal boundaries uh your personal boundaries are based on your uh conclusions and your beliefs and your opinions and your attitudes your past experiences play into your personal boundaries, uh, as well as kind of that social learning aspect. So where you are in your time and place and what culture you're in as well. Uh, boundaries for Christians include everything from personal preferences to uh, biblical conviction, which they draw from the text. Uh, but it also includes things like clear biblical command, and we'll unfold that a little bit and what that looks like. Yeah. Um, so those boundaries then, when it comes to actually setting those, setting a boundary is the practice of openly communicating and asserting that personal value that you have come to, that conclusion that you have come to, as a way to uh, preserve and to protect against having, um, against having them compromised or, or having them violated. Uh, and so it's something that is set forth. It's clearly stated to those, uh, around you. It's something that is defined. Um, and it is, and it has a preventative and a protective aspect to it. So 
hopefully that's not too confusing (laughs) 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 and laying it all out again it's 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 a strange uh kind of of subject and so we would agree like as christians like we understand the concepts of how important boundaries are right Mm. Yeah. Because we see those all over in scripture. I mean, even if you look at it in kind of like the three, uh, you know, the three social structures uh, kind of thing that, that the Lord um, that the Lord creates, you know, that he has the government, he has the church, and he has the family. And how each of those roles together, how they hold together a society or how they're supposed to kind of under the umbrella of God, each of those has a defined uh, boundary yeah and we've talked about that in past podcasts that the the family has its own function and its own boundaries the government has its own function and boundaries and the church has its own function and boundaries and problems come when those boundaries then are violated and yeah. like we saw in 2020 when the government starts sticking its fingers into the church and telling the church what they can and can't do you know hmm. uh when the church uh tries to in a sinful overbearing way you know interject into the into the family or the government tries to interject into the family i mean it just gets messy uh when when boundaries are are crossed um and typically when boundaries are crossed you're in war (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know yeah um yeah and and like you said it's it's particularly tough subject because you know not everyone has the same boundaries and not everyone has the same right values and beliefs like it's kind of all you know you're all right. on the map and we saw that in 2020 right because there were yeah, yeah. Uh, and i and i think there was a biblical principle in this case to be upset but when right. when you know church when they said oh you can't meet in churches anymore you can't gather to worship there were a lot of people who were okay with that and i think wrongly so right but it just yeah. but but what we saw and we talked about this you know last season mm-hmm. what COVID ended up doing and all these you know the social justice stuff and all these things that were going on everyone had these boundaries and these values that were murking somewhere, lurking under somewhere the surface. And when COVID happened, all of a sudden these walls grew that we, that were, yeah. they were down there somewhere. Right. Right. Um, right. And, and that's, it's, it's, it's tough because a lot of times we, we have boundaries and we don't recognize, yeah. we haven't, we haven't worked it out. I think that's what we were talking about. Right. Beforehand. And so, like, yeah, it's like a thing. I think of what you said about like, the- I have, I have boundaries, but I, I haven't right. written all them down, you know? Like, right, right. I, think I know when that, that wall is broken. Yeah. Yeah. What you said about what you, what you said about the 2020 thing, how they were below the surface. I think that is a great illustration, actually, because there were so many things happening at once. These boundaries and walls were being built so fast and so yeah. haphazardly because people were just, uh, okay, I have to have an opinion on this because it's affecting like right now. So I need to. And so some people weren't even able, didn't even have the time to think through yeah. the the boundaries and the walls and things that they were setting. And now we have the benefit of, you know, looking, you know, hindsight is 2020 and 2020. And now we can look back and say, well, this is what I should have done, or this is what I should yeah. have done, or I took that too extreme, or I didn't take that serious enough, you know, those kinds of things. But the, so the importance then, of setting boundaries in that protective, uh, in that um, protective sense, and in the uh, um, uh, preservation sense, is it's important because, as you mentioned, not everybody has the same values yeah. and they have the yeah. same beliefs. And even among Christians, we we can't assume that oh well, everybody's just on the same page. Um, but it's it, but it's really large. It's a really large gap when you're talking about Christians and non-christians 
Yeah. I mean, so like, on a, like, like zooming out a little bit and just looking at Christians and non-Christians, uh, you know, what are some of the differences between Christians and non-Christians? Oh, is that a question? Oh, I thought you were being rhetorical. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Not a rhetorical question. I mean, like if you were to ask like a, like a Sunday school kid, what are some of the differences between a Christian and a non-Christian? What would, what would be some of the well, things they would say? eternal perspective, right? You know, we, we have, a, as Christians, okay. we have an yeah. eternal, we should have an eternal perspective. Like we, we recognize right. that the here and the now is not the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not, we're not living entirely in the moment because what we want to do is live, put, store up treasures in heaven, right? We're not, we're not maxing, maxing out pleasure for the exact moment because yeah. we're living yeah. in obedience and faithfulness to God because we recognized we're eternal beings, right? I think it was right. C.S. Lewis who said, I've never met a mere mortal, right? We, yeah. we, we're, we have souls, we're, we're eternal, right? Is, is that right. what you're going for? Sunday school. Yeah, teacher? and if you asked okay. uh, a Sunday school kid that question, and that's the answer they gave, you, you're doing something really good. Yeah, he really paid really, attention in Awana. Yeah, yeah. right, right. <laughs> well, let me tell you, Father. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, the eternal perspective is huge. I mean, it's, it's night and day. You have the yeah. difference between living for the here and now, living for uh, the flesh, or living for sentiment or some cause or something like that, versus uh, a perspective that says I have to be answerable to God. Right. You know, and the difference that that makes, um, there's difference in even in, so even, even more elementary than that, eternal destiny is Hmm. you're talking heaven and hell, you know, kind of differences. Um, the unbeliever whose mind is darkened, who is dead in their trespasses and sins, they do not have the ability to discern spiritual things. Hmm. In fact, they are foolishness to them, right? Um, and so when we're talking about biblical principle and when we're laying down boundaries out of conviction that we, you know, that we pull out of the Bible, um, this is going to be something that is utterly foreign, uh, to the unbeliever unless they are operating from some of the residual cultural Christianity that they have benefited of, uh, you know, growing up in a society that still has the essence of christianity mm-hmm. in morality in it you know hey, hey blake have you ever read the uh city of god by augustine is that what it's called you know like so it is the city of god i'm thinking i'm reading yeah, a book I about think, it and i'm like i think the city way of god way back cities? when i was like a young christian i was trying to be cool and i think i started to read it and i don't think i ever finished it you're like this is really yeah. hard to understand yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, I think I started to read it too, like a long time yeah. ago. I, I read maybe I don't know the first the section where he's like defending defending Christendom, like no mm-hmm. Christians didn't cause Rome to fall. Like I think I read that part. Anyway, all that mm-hmm. to say, I'm reading a book now um, that's kind of about that. It's pretty interesting. But you're, you're bringing up the cultural differences between Christians and non Christians. So this is a book mm-hmm. uh, called Two Cities, Two Loves by James Montgomery Boyce. And what's really interesting I love is he boys so much. Oh, it's it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he's breaking out. It, I found it fascinating. I'd never heard this before, but or never thought about it in the terms of this. But the the idea of Babylon, and then you have the city of God in Babylon. But how you see Babylon at the Tower of Babel, you see Babylon putting Israel into captivity, and then you have the Babylon mm-hmm. in you know Revelation, and then how mm-hmm. Babylon, while it was a physical thing in different instances of the city, is the embodiment of anti-god self self-pleasure living living right. for 
for that, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have the the city of God or, or, or you know Christians whatnot that would be living for the glory of God. But right. all that to say, you these these two things clash. Mm-hmm. These two things absolutely clash. Right. And I'm kind of going right. big picture and, and bringing it down. Like they're, and, and it's not like there's a little shade of difference. No, they're like, vastly we're not talking, different. <laughs> yeah, like we're not talking like we're talking about f- like fundamental differences. You know, yeah, um, yeah. We're talking cats and dogs, apples and oranges, kind of uh, thing. To- uh, totally. So different. then, all of that leads to all of that pours out into then the fact that Christians and non-Christians just have a totally different worldview. Our our yeah. motives are different. Our foundations are different. Our concept of morality is different. Our our way of thinking is different. And so it's really easy to understand where then this becomes an issue and why Mm. boundaries are so important to set. Because you can have, you know, someone in your family or someone in your workplace or whatever, um, that or your neighborhood or whatever, that just they think so differently than you that they would never even begin to dream that you would find something acceptable or, or unacceptable. Yeah. And, um, you know, we say all this, um, cause though it doesn't change our, our boundaries. So whether you're dealing with a Christian or a non-Christian, a family member or whatever, though it doesn't change the boundaries. I think it's helpful to remember that we can't expect unbelievers to understand yeah. all of the boundaries that we set. They, uh, they're coming from a different city, different yeah. worldview. Yeah, totally different. Especially, yeah. yeah, speaking a different language, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the lost, and it's it's important to remember that the lost will act like they are lost until they are converted to Christ. Um, so there's some things to kind of consider there. Uh, what we saw when we com- when we posted um about this episode was the interest in the comment section and people saying like, yeah, that's really difficult. Like it's hard to set boundaries with family and have them clearly be defined and things like that. And there's so many applications of the things that we're going to be talking about and the things that we are talking about that some of you may be listening and it may be that you are the only Christian in your family and everybody just yeah. thinks you are totally nuts. Um, it may be that you've got one you know, non-Christian sibling and you're the Christian or whatever the thing is that causes, you know, and depending on how old you are and what your living situation is and how far you live away from them. I mean, there's so many things that we couldn't possibly cover all of the little micro applications uh, of this. But hopefully uh, what we're going to lay out is, is helpful to you. Yeah. Um, but as far as Christian relationships go, so mm. just on the kind of on the outset, Christian relationships should be a little easier for the Christian to set boundaries with, because a couple of things, unlike the, unlike the non-Christian, you have very, very much in common. In fact, most things in common with the Christian. Yeah. Uh, Christians are, for example, working from the same authority. Okay. So you're working from God's word. Um, God's word dictates our standards. It dictates our interactions. It it dictates what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Um, for all intents and purposes, we are under, we are in the household of Christ and Christ is the head of the house. And so he dictates to those living in the house, 
what is, again, acceptable, what's not acceptable, uh, and all of that. In the same way that children living at home are, in, uh, are uh, under the rule and care of their parents and under the direction of their parents and how they are to honor their parents, a picture of that is what we as Christians and siblings in Christ are dealing with uh, being in the church. Yeah. Um, a couple of principles, I guess, in considering the Christian. Um, Christians are supposed to build one another up. We are supposed to love one another. We are supposed to, uh, which I just preached um, Romans 12, 9, let love mm. be genuine, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Mm. I tell you what, that is such a rich passage. Like one little line, one little sentence, mm. and you could write volumes on it. What yeah. does it mean to love, uh, cling to what is good and to let love be genuine and all of those things? Like these are things, again, that um, Christians are, are commanded. Let your love be genuine. Love one another. Um, you know, we're called in various places to build one another up, to, to uh, avoid being a, a block of stumbling to our brothers and sisters and things like that. So mm. there's a lot of, of principle that's laid down in Scripture in our relationship with our fellow brothers and sisters. And then, of course, you have all of the, all of the one another commands, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, which I know this is where we pause and cut Grayson in because Grayson <laughs> is really good with the one another commands. I know we brought it up in other uh, – uh, there was another podcast where we brought it up. And then Grayson just starts rattling him off, and it's like he's still going. He's just going like he's covering all of them. So love that yeah. guy. Yeah, maybe, maybe we can get maybe him to do he a soundbite. I bet he was. <laughs> he's got it right in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, um, it's it's true. The 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 Christian relationships, it, you know, even like you said, we we're all rooted in the Word of God. You'd think we'd all see these things the same right. way. Right. But man, we do not. Right. <laughs> we do not. I think it was. I think, I think some things we do. Like, yeah, like I, there's layers of it, right? There, there's right, layers. Right. There's at the foundational layer, like mm. there is a generally pretty common agreement on boundaries. Right. Like, right. Just take an obvious, like a sexual sin. Like, yeah, right. Every Christian should acknowledge that adultery is bad. Right. And that is a right. boundary. You that is a line you should not cross. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. But but there's. I think it. I think it was Boyce that said it was something I was reading, and I'm pretty sure it was him uh, that he was at this like ecumenical lunch kind of thing, and so he was like eating with like Lutherans and different flavors of Presbyterians and Baptists and all these different things, and so they were. And so I think he. I think it was him, uh, but he said that you know, kind of building up to it, it was like all these pastors, and it was like this thing. I was like, oh, is this going to turn into a big, you know, whatever. And, um, oh, that's what it was. He, he'd, he'd flown over to England and he was like mm. meeting with some, was like some different pastors from different things over there. Mm -hmm. And somebody had suggested before we talk about our disagreeances, let's talk about the things we agree on. Mm. And he said that hours went by and they had just talked about all the things that they had agreed on. And then the time was up and they didn't have time to talk about the things they disagreed on. <laughs> and his point was kind of like, there's so much, like there's so much that we agree on, uh, you know, doctrinally and morally and, you know, uh, the, 
biblical principles and things like that, that in comparison, Christianity is not as divided as people say it is. You yeah. Know, yeah. That there's exactly, exactly right. It's usually our disagreements that get, you know, put into blogs and comment threads and YouTube videos and things like that. You know, yeah. unfortunately, that's like when the case. guys won't shut up about the second commandment violations and things like that, you know, and just go on and on. Make it Man, they drive me show, crazy. The chosen. Yeah. <laughs> when you guys get to stop talking about the chosen. Yeah. Um, uh, the chosen. Right. Uh, we should do a podcast episode on why we don't watch the chosen. <laughs> Three more reasons we don't Three watch more the reasons, chosen. Yeah. But it's like not even biblical reasons. It's just like making fun of the director or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, so all of that. Um, saying all of that, uh, one thing is very important to remember with Christian to Christian relationship, even where we disagree. Okay, so as boundaries are being set uh, for you and your family or your you know, brother in Christ and his family or, or whatever. Um, to be loving, it involves listening to their thoughts and their reasoning behind uh, the boundaries that they set and their convictions. Hmm. And then graciously trusting that even though you disagree, you can trust that what they are doing is they are working out what is best for them and for their family. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what's there's an old it may saying look different I, than yours. It, it, it totally may look different. I think there's a, I don't know who said this originally, but it's been used in great ways. This phrase has been used in very good ways. And then it's been butchered a lot too, but here I think it would be an applicable way, but in essentials, unity in non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity. I don't know who said that originally, but somebody said that. Was it Spurgeon? Okay. Well, I've no, heard that used. No. If you if you don't know where it's from and you it's say Spurgeon, seventy percent of the time you'll be right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but there's some. This is yeah. a case where I think it applies, right? Because say that one more time, Jack. Oh, hang on. I just looked at the quote up, and then I because I had it like half in my head, and I wanted to make sure I said it right. One second. Yeah. Jack cleans up his. Uh, tabs quickly i had yeah i had to google so it. there it is boom turn it in a in essentials unity and non-essentials liberty in all things charity right so yeah, again so, I mean, i've heard it's, it's pretty 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 good right. I, again i've heard i've heard that used in bad ways before like kind of butchered to make excuses mm. for things you know you've got really got to right. know what the essentials are <laughs> right, that, right 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 <laughs> the, the first part of that is very key yeah <laughs> right right but the essentials, Jim, we have I have no essentials. Yeah. yeah. What if well, we have no essentials? Yeah. It's all, it's all liberty. Um, but, but, but I think that's a, it's a good thing to remember because man, there's so many disagreements, especially when it comes to the family and how one mm -hmm. is managing their family. Mm -hmm. uh, and with, and with Christians, if we all had that attitude, we'd all get along just great. Right, like, right. You know, like, I think it's really weird that, uh, and Blake, you don't do this. At least I don't think you do that. You know, you guys, I'm, for some reason, the I'm trying to make up something. I can't think of it. This is going to be offensive, isn't it? it no. Um, oh, okay. For some reason, Blake does not let his children leave the house after 2.30 p.m. every day. Yeah. You it's because of the werewolves, but yeah. It's because of the <laughs> Yeah. 
you got to get them inside for the yeah. huge problem in Oregon. I don't know if you all got the werewolf <laughs> problem in, in uh, we have Bigfoot Oklahoma, but here. that's what yeah, we've right, got. Right. We got the Sasquatch. I tell you but, what, but, the the I'll tell you one thing. I've seen Oklahoma, and the Oklahoma Bigfoot must be the most bored creature on earth. <laughs> no trees to hide behind. We got all she's the out there eastern Oklahoma. Like. She's out there crying in the desert, dodging tornadoes. <laughs> anyway. No. But there are reasons families put these weird rules in place. Like, before yeah. we were talking, yeah. um, I don't think this is in the outline specifically, but mm -hmm. you, you and I talked about both of us have this boundary for our family. We don't let our – in fact, my wife and I, bef I before our before kids were even born, yeah. yeah, I think mm -hmm. we said we're not letting our kids spend the night at other kids' houses. We're just not doing it. And right. it's driven my kids as they've gotten older. All their friends are doing it, and they get, like, irritated. Right. Um, and, and, and I've just I've just held that line. I'm like, no, we're not doing okay. it. And they're like, I can't hear the question. Yes. Will you let their friends stay over at your no. house overnight? No. no. So it's just a- Be above approach. No. Not yeah. doing it. Yeah. Right. We, right. we And you brought up, uh, I think we were talking about this beforehand, like special circumstances- Here's an exception, right? An, an act of mercy, right? I, I think these things are fitting. We had a boundary and we broke it for this in this case. Actually, a very cool story, by the way. A guy I went to church with, he was a doctor. And um, he they had uh, four kids and his youngest kid fell in a koi pond and drowned. Like, he he died. And that's he saved him. That's like, he, he stopped breathing. But he's, yeah. because he was a doctor, he got him out, started giving him CPR, and brought him back to life. And they had to take him to the hospital. Okay. Kids fine now, so praise God. Jack, you that can't was, put me on this emotional roller coaster sorry. like this. All right, sorry, I should have, I should have started with he's okay. Yeah, all right. that to say, when they were at the hospital, we watched their other kids. Yeah, right, right. Um, so right. Th there are places like we have this boundary, but we do it right. for the protection of our kids. But there are times yeah. when it's like there's a greater good here that right, we need right. to to attend. Yeah, to. and we'll. And we'll talk about that because yeah. as, as you're thinking about things that are negotiable, semi-negotiable and non-negotiable, um, you know, that's something that the reason, and I, I mean, speaking for, for ourselves, uh, for my wife and I, you know, the reason that we came to that conclusion of not letting our kids stay the night with their friends is multifold. One, we believe we have a biblical duty to protect our children and we can't see or manage uh, things that are going on at their friend's house. And we can't expect their parents to have the same standards that we have, or that that kid has the same standards that we have and all those things. And then furthermore, and this is like anecdotal, but you know, some of the things that I was exposed to and that happened to me staying the night at friends' house growing up, um, that plays into my, my thinking of not having my kids stay at their friends' house, you know? Now, just like Jack said, there may be yeah. times that it's uh, an act of mercy either way, but it's pretty non-negotiable, <laughs> semi-negotiable. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the, here's how we've, we've tried to, to counteract this one, just as kind of an, an anecdote, because as my, because your kids are a little younger than mine. Um, as my, oh, as my kids have Jack, gotten I lost older. You. I lost you for a long period of time there. Oh. I heard, yeah, you were kind of going fuzzy. I think there was some internet things. Are you um, hearing me now? Yeah, yeah, no, I can. Yeah. Okay, okay. Anyway, so one of the ways we've we've kind of dealt with this uh, kids sleeping over thing is to to try and not make our kids seem like total weirdos while holding the boundary in place. Um, our next door neighbor, 
invited one of my daughters over to stay the night. And we know these, we know this family really well. In fact, we knew them before we were married. Uh, we didn't let her stay the night, but we let her stay till like 1030. And then we went and yeah. got her and brought her home. Like we let her stay yeah, until, you know, until yeah. it was kind of like, uh, longer than she would have if she were just like going over there and, you know, right, playing right. or whatever. So yeah, th those are things that we've done to kind of flex a little bit to, to try and help mm -hmm. our kids not seem totally left out. Right. Right. But that's a boundary we have. And that is yeah. a firm, firm boundary. Nothing mm -hmm. good happens at sleepovers. <laughs> Past <laughs> nothing. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Nothing good happens. So yeah, um, we uh, yeah, yeah. So that can be a new hobby horse of ours now, and people can be like, "That's just over." You guys are being Pharisees. <laughs> okay. Well, count my cumin. Call me a Pharisee. I'll call um, on that one. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, so. Like, so here's like a practical application. So you know, we talked about that, um, but even like when we talked about just. The giving the benefit of grace that somebody who disagrees with you on a biblical principle, a brother and sister in Christ, that they are trying to do what's best for them and their family. So this is a, a real outworking of this in, in our house that because I know you all love talking about Second Commandment violations so much uh, and images of Jesus and all this. Mm. So mm. a while back, come to the conclusion, the conviction that uh, images of Christ are a violation of the Second Commandment. So. Um, that means then in our house, we don't have pictures of Jesus, um, in our kids' uh, books, you know, we're not doing pictures of Jesus, uh, and things like that. Now, obviously there's a lot of Christians in our lives who just don't, they haven't, they haven't come to that understanding yet. Sure. Uh, but, and it's not something they would even think about. And I think we've mentioned this before on our, our two CV podcasts is that, images of Christ are so embedded into Christian culture that it's not even something that a lot of people think about. Yeah. It's just, it just is what it is. Yeah. Uh, and so a clear boundary then says, Hey, this is the conclusion that I have come to. Um, and for me and my house, we don't want images of Christ. And here's the reason why, uh, as Christians, we should be able to have that conversation. And that conversation should reasonable that we can reasonably reasonably expect that those boundaries would be accepted. Yeah. Um or respected rather. So that means that when I tell somebody we don't want images of Christ, that means that they are honoring that boundary by not buying our children books with images of Christ. Yeah. You know. Especially if yeah. it's been clearly stated to them. Um, yeah, and I, th and I think to, to, to jump in, I think that's yeah. a, a way that we can really love and serve each other, even right. if we don't agree. To right. to to look at another another Christian and say that's a really weird boundary that they have. Right. But I have to trust they're doing the right thing for their family and following their convictions. I'm going to honor that. I think that's a way that you can show honor and love to another person. Right. Mm -hmm. um, another example, just as you were talking, I thought about this, a very simple one, right? And this is probably someone that a lot of people can relate to. There's a guy at our church who used to have a problem with alcohol and he quit drinking. So whenever, whenever we, we get together, uh, we always go somewhere that doesn't serve alcohol whatsoever. So yeah. coffee shops tend to be, even restaurants will avoid if, if they have like yeah. a, a bar of any sort, right? And then so you roast him for being a teetotaler. <laughs> No, no, but we don't even bring it up, right? It's, right but it's yeah, a thing. Right, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it just a way that. It doesn't need to be brought up. Right. It doesn't need to right. be, but it's a way yeah. that I, hey, I'm aware right. of this, so I'm going to love and serve my brother yeah. 
Exactly. You know what? I yeah. think a, I mean, a silly, and I don't know how often this happens. Probably never. It's probably one of those illustrations that actually has no real world application. But you think about like a, you know, maybe there's a, can you be a vegan and a Christian? Maybe. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, yeah, you could be, <laughs> right? Like you could be, you could be like a vegan and a Christian or, or whatever. Um, you know, so if you're going to have uh, your, your brother and sister in Christ over and they're vegan, you know, you're not going to cook them a, a porterhouse and flop it in front of them. Like the conversation that you want to have at the table is th- surrounding the things of life and Christ and things like that. What you don't want to do is purposely offend them and then have a debate about the morality of eating, uh, you know, eating Bambi and things like that. Yeah. You know, so it's like there's a simple there's a simple peacekeeping that in as much as it depends on you, um, that you can you can love them in that way. And that may not be reciprocated. If you hmm. go to their house, they're not gonna say, like, oh well, Blake loves steak, so we're gonna cook him up a steak. No, <laughs> you're gonna get a vegan, you're gonna get a turkey loaf, you know. It'd be amazing if they did though. <laughs> like if you know a vegan and you go over there and they're like cooking you like a like you said, like a ribeye or something. Just crying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Never leave. That's a friend for life right yeah, there. Yeah. I tell you, that is a friend that sticks closer than a brother there. Yeah. Yeah. No, but again, but like, so in all of this, um, in, in like boundary setting and all that, like you have to realize that these principles that you set, I mean, they may not be understood and they may not be reciprocated. And you may, uh, you may honor someone else's boundary, but they may through foolishness or hardheadedness, try to violate one of yours, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's, so it's something that, you know, you just have to, uh, you have to be clear on, you have to be clear on, I think. Yeah. And then, um, it's so helpful that you can get with your spouse or if it's just you, uh, that you can sit down and, and write down some things of like, these are, these are like non-negotiables in Mm. our lives. Again, the staying the night at the friend's house. And I'm keep bringing that up. Um, but that was something before we had kids. So we were like, that's not happening. Yeah. yeah. And so now we don't have to, so now we don't have to make that decision on the spot. Yeah. And if yeah. somebody asks us like, Oh, well, you know, can they come, you know, stay over at my daughter's, you know, birthday sleepover or whatever. We can just clearly say, no, you know, what's interesting. Because you about- might be a weirdo. No, I'll be a weirdo for that. You, yeah. you know, you know, it's interesting though, because we've had friends along the way mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, well, so-and-so should come over. You, you, you know, your daughter should come stay the night. I was like, oh, we don't do that. And I yeah. would say something like nothing good happens past 12. Like I would say something like that. Yeah. And, and they don't share that boundary, mm-hmm. but they look at you and they're like, you're right. <laughs> because they right. know. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> they're like, I yeah. wish I, you know. Yeah. But one, you know, it's one of those, that's a boundary that's hard to bring back if you didn't start with it. You know, you right. can do it. You can create boundaries. It just may be more difficult, but yeah. Um, yeah. But, anyway. and that was us with the, that was us with the images of Christ thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's hard to walk. I mean, there it had back. to be, yeah. there had to be a purge and there had to be a stepping back, you know, yeah. and saying like, okay, well, there's some things we have to get rid of and some things that I used to think were silly, but then it was like, oh no, that makes a lot of, you know, it makes a lot of sense. And so yeah. it was a, it was a change that way. Um, yeah. And again, these are things that Christians should be able to talk about and should be able to honor uh, each other's personal boundaries. Um, yeah. yeah, so and not Christians... take and not take personal and not take personal offense. Like that's the yeah. other thing is people are so ready to be offended 
Um, just because someone sets a, a time boundary with you or a physical boundary with you doesn't mean that it's all about you. You know, I think so. We'll probably talk about this more next time. So like, I'm not a hugger. I hug like, I hug like four women in my life, my wife, my mom, and my daughters, right? I have had people go in for a hug, like women go in for a hug because you're a pastor, right? Like when you're a pastor, people, oh yeah, and I, and I will literally say, I'm not a hugger. I'm a handshaker, you know? Hmm. It's just, it makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. I don't like, you know, so, so like there's, so like there's things and then like there is some like principle there too, that beyond preference in my mind. Sure. Uh, just protection for self and protection for the other person and all of that. Um, but I've never had anybody take that personally. Hmm. Like I've never had anybody. You like that. You like that Mr. Bean meme where someone goes in for a hug and he hits her on the forehead. (laughs) Oh no, I don't don't think I've seen that one. You haven't seen that 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 Yeah. That's pretty funny. So, um, you know, so, I mean, there's things, there's, there's things like that that you don't have to take it personally. If, if, um, Somebody doesn't let their kids stay the night at your house. You don't take it. You just trust, graciously say, they're doing this because it's their best understanding of the application of what they believe, of what's good for them and what's good for, for their household. Yeah. I've got um, a really good example for you on that. Then we can go to, right. the, to the hard one. So yeah. and I think the theme here is with Christians, be charitable, be not. Like, understand right. that people are coming from different places and right. in all things grace. So there was, um, on my kid's soccer team, there was a kid who always wore sunglasses. And at night games, he would wear sunglasses. Okay. It was a, and, and it like, there was one time he started to go out there and his mom was like, no, 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 no. And had to put sunglasses on. Well, I, and I, and I was, I thought it was weird. I never like, was like, why are you making that kid wear sunglasses? You know, I, but I looked at cool, it and I was just yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of thought that is this like yeah. a style, does this kid like yeah. have a style thing? Well, mm-hmm. it turns out one of his siblings they were playing several years before. I don't remember. I don't remember the details of the story, but somehow they were just playing outside and a stick went in his eye and he got like partially blinded. Yeah. And now the parents, but maybe irrationally, right? right. If their kids so are these playing, sunglasses or like goggles, sunglasses, just some type of protective yeah. eyewear. Okay. So now they will do that for all their kids playing outside. Now maybe that's irrational, right? But. I can't fault them for that. These right. are, they're believing people. They're Christians. Uh, they're right. faithful people. And you know what? Right. You know, it's it, like, it, if you've it, been, a, it's like, if you've been attacked by a dog, you're cautious around dogs. Yeah. You know? It's, it's, you yeah, know, it's, I get it's, it. so there's things that, you know, that yeah, it may be unrational sense. to somebody else, but you know what? Love them. Let them respect that boundary. If that's what they've got. Right. I don't know. Maybe that's a bad one because it's kind yeah. of an, kind of strange. Well, but, one thing's you know. for sure. Your kid looks super fly playing soccer <laughs> at the night game. With his glasses. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. So, like, what about what about unbelievers? So, unbelievers, yeah, is a whole nother is a whole nother issue. Yeah, well, tell me about it. Teach me to until next time. <laughs> <laughs> because I think yeah. because that's a whole nother thing. Because because then you're talking about the relationship. Um. There's a there's such a different relationship with you and the non-believer that there's different things that you're trying to to accomplish. Yeah. You know, um and I have that in our outline. I just don't think we're going to get to it. 
yeah until until the very very end well we we can just define the fact and i think yeah. make the statement that among christians like we have maybe equally lo- yoked relationships right with mm-hmm. other believers mm-hmm. but we have unequal relationships a lot of them oh right we, right we, we live yeah. you know we live in a in a broken world we live in a again the two cities thing but these things they're they're spiritual and non-spiritual but they're Right. together. I mean, right. we, many of us, many of us listening, uh, you may have non-Christian parents, uh, non-Christian, uh, adult children, siblings, siblings who are not believers, siblings with different theological, uh, persuasions. I mean, they'd be yeah. like something crazy, like a Baptist, yeah, you know? Right. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. Blake. Um, but, but yeah. there's a lot of unequal relationships and right. And that's where those tough. big, and that's where those big questions stem from. I mean, this is where, that's where the, that uh, Alistair Begg question stems from. Yeah. Is that when we're when we're looking at these things and we're looking at our relationships, you know, you're answering the question: Does the Christian parent go to the gay wedding of yeah. their of their child? And we actually had that conversation during this Alistair Begg thing. We had a conversation with one of our mutual friends. Uh, it wasn't Grayson um, about about that. Somebody who's not here right now. No. <laughs> uh, we were all on the same page on on this, uh, us three. Uh, but you know, it was a it was a question of well, you know, what if one of your children grows up is in that lifestyle? Do you go to the wedding? And we fell on different sides of it. It's tough. I said absolutely not. Yeah, you know, absolutely not. Um, they were taking the approach that it, well, it would be a very difficult decision. Um, I would agree. Be, we could talk about that for a minute. That's probably just worth discussing a little bit because it's so culturally relevant. We'd have to spend a lot of time on it, but. Um, yeah, it's really tough. I, I think for me, at least principally and biblically, and this is what I, I'd said to you, I think when we were ta- talking about this, that when I look, if I were to just compare like marriage and say a birthday, right? Mm-hmm. Just some celebration. I could go to a birthday, right? Like a birthday party mm-hmm. and try and give love, you know, support the person because they're, they're a human being. I don't have to shun them completely. Right. But a marriage, and the idea of a marriage, is a God-given institution. Right. It God is a defines s- what marriage God is. God defines. Yeah. There you go. He off, defined it. You know exactly. Yeah. So first off, yeah. to to attend to attend a wedding is to celebrate that thing. It is mm-hmm. to to bring honor to this union of people. So the right. the marriage thing in and of itself to me was the deal stopper. There, there could be a bazillion other events that I could attend. In right. that situation, do but you I think- go to a gay bar mitzvah? Does it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? <laughs> just come up with all these weird. <laughs> There's a gay Kwanzaa. Do you go to it? No. So yeah. So we, we kind of what we had landed on was it was the the issue was the celebratory factor. Yeah. They going to a, a person who's in sin, going to their birthday. Okay. That you can go and you can celebrate their being born. You know, that they have some connection in your life, enough, obviously enough that you were invited to their birthday party and you can eat their cake and, and all those different things. Yeah. Um, but when you are being called to take partake in the celebration of something that is sinful in and of itself, you know, something contrary to what God has said. So a unbiblical wedding, which involves all kinds of different things i mean you know yeah. should you go to the the wedding of your of your uh uncle who left his wife to marry a secretary you know 
Um, but now they're they're sad about it, but there's nothing they can do. And so, well, the better thing is to get married. I mean, you hear those kinds of things all the time, yeah. you know? So, yeah. like, do you go and do you celebrate that union? I would say no, you know, because it's yeah. it's illegitimate. It's not an actual wedding, and I'm not going to go and celebrate uh, right. this mockery of an institution that God has, has laid out, you know, so, you know, you get those, you get those kinds of, um, scenarios and it has, in my mind, it comes down to the celebration factor. Yeah. I wouldn't march alongside a, um, I wouldn't march alongside a family member in a pride parade. Yeah. Why? Because it's a celebration of something fundamentally sinful, but I would have them over for dinner, but I would have them over for dinner. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So again, you're, you know, uh, so, so you're laying out, so even as we're talking about this, you can see how we're structuring and setting boundaries in relation to these things. And these are the kinds of things that people, uh, have to, have to answer. Yeah. Um, how you do know, we it, respond it, to, yeah. So, I mean, do you, do you go to the, do you go to the gay wedding? How do you respond, uh, to your, your sibling, uh, who's had an abortion? Um, yeah. your family member, uh, goes off and, and joins a cult. I mean, how do you, what, what boundaries and things do you set, uh, with them? You know, you have a grandchild that now is identifying as a different gender. I mean, these are things that Christians are being faced with very regularly now that were not that much of an issue, um, a hundred years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- and I think my, my general advice here would be to, to and, that, and this is and I'll just say this I'm I'm this is a this is a thing that I'm an idea that I'm coming to through our discussion here that I hadn't really planned on presenting this isn't like a in the outline so to speak but you yeah. know we gave the example of the 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 wisdom in deciding beforehand here's the boundary that I have for sleep for my kids sleeping over mm-hmm. it's probably a good idea as these things become more relevant or prevalent I should say in our in our culture to Make those decisions beforehand. Like yeah, have some discussions yeah. with with your wife and, and your kids and um yeah. and, and just, just have an idea of, of what the right. game plan is if and when these these things come right. up. And as I'm saying that, these are some discussions that I, I think you know, I should right. talk my, my wife, I think but we'll you, be on the same page, but yeah, like it's a yeah. good idea to to talk about that right. and just say, Hey, here's the thing, doing- let's know what we're doing here. And I think maybe Jack and I are doing a little bit of a dis- disservice uh, to the listeners because we are in a very similar context. We are both married. We have young families, you know, things like that. So we're talking about things like having your kids stay over, you know, and there may be somebody listening. It's like, okay, I'm not even married. I have no kids. I have, you know, like how do these boundaries and things, when you're talking about setting boundaries beforehand, how important is that uh, dating? Yeah. You know? Yeah, that it's like, okay, well, we're going to, you know, I've I've met this, you know, Christian woman or whatever, and I need to lay out my principles now. Yeah, I need to lay out the boundaries now, you know, and it may be things like, you know what, we're not going to be alone together. She's not going to come over to my house. I'm not going to go over to her house. Uh, We're not going, you know, I mean, so again, a million different applications and things like that. And it is so much better to set those boundaries out and make those boundaries clear and maybe even call others to hold you to those standards Yeah. before you're trying to make that decision in the heat of the moment. Yeah, you know? absolutely. When you're think looking about into it before, the yeah. eyes of your love, you know, and then trying to think <laughs> through it, you know, it's just, it's, it's a terrible, like a terrible thing. Um, you know, there's, uh, things, you know, application that way for, you know, you older folks too, 
you know, so those are all things to, to kind of think about. Um, there are things that are not uh, earthquake kind of moments in, in some of these boundaries. There may be little gnawing things that keep appearing in your life that you need to set boundaries for. So, for example, one of those might be mom and dad are intruding on your household. You know, they're giving advice that is unwanted and unneeded. Uh, they keep interjecting. They're interfering with how you parent your children because it's different than how they did it. Um, the things that they say, uh, I mean, so there's, so there's, there's, there's familial kind of things, uh, that are in this, it's not all about, you know, do you go to the gay wedding or not, but it's how do you, okay. So how do you set boundaries with your, with your parents, you know, as an adult, yeah. how do you set boundaries with them in our next episode? We're going to talk about that, uh, in a little fuller way, you know, mm. about mm. where's that balance of honoring your parents, um, and respecting your parents. But what does that look like as an adult? It doesn't mean to obey your parents. It doesn't mean to never confront your parents. And so we'll, like I said, we'll unfold that a little bit. So when it comes to application of boundaries is we're kind of coming down to a close. Um, so there are going to be boundaries that you set as an individual. Okay. Uh, and then there are going to be boundaries that you set for your family or for your household. Yeah. Uh, there are certain things that you may tolerate as an individual that you would not necessarily expose your family to, right? Mm -hmm. um, an example of that may you be you may be in the secular workplace and you may um, be around you know dudes that swear all the time, just all day long, right? And it's something that um, you abide with you know, not alongside, but you abide with, uh, in the workplace, but that doesn't mean that you, because you put up with that at work, that doesn't mean that you allow grandpa to swear around your children, you know? Mm. Um, so the things that are done in your home and around your family are always the same line, the same boundary that you would set individually. Um, you know, you as a family, I mean, you think about the structure of the family and the beauty of the family that God has uh, established of the husband and the father. You have all of those aspects of the husband and the father of, of providing and protecting and leading with, you know, spiritual things and moral things and directional things. You yeah. have the, the wife and the mother uh, nurturing and managing the home and all of those different things. And then the children are to live in obedience. And so the whole structure, right? The whole structure. That's, that's several podcast episodes in and of itself. Um, there are things then, uh, boundaries that you will set for your family that you might personally tolerate outside in the world, but not in your home. And mm -hmm. that is okay. I, I don't think that, I don't think that that is inconsistent. Yeah. And I don't think that that is hypocritical to do that. I think sometimes people try to, they try to make that a one for one. Like, well, the standards that I set for me personally, or the, the boundaries that I set for me personally, uh, they have to be the same. It, it doesn't always work. It doesn't always work out like that. Um, you can't control everything that goes on in the world. Like you can't control your coworker's mouth. 
Uh, you can't control what your, your, your boss's behavior. You can't even control what the guy sitting in the pew next to you does, right? So there's different things uh, that are applied there. But when it comes to your home, what you let through the front door or who you let through the front door or what you let through the front door, whether it be a person, whether it be television, whether it be something on your computer or the phone, uh, how those things are run out and how the people that you allow through your front door conduct themselves is your call. Yeah. That is your call. This is your home. And particularly if you are the husband or the father, I'll speak to the husbands and fathers here for, for a moment. You have been given charge to care for your family. Yeah. Um, that means being intimately involved in everything that comes into your home. You should know what your children are watching. You should know what they are listening to. You should know who their friends are. You should, I mean, I don't remember who said it. It's been said like a hundred different times. And then I've said it a hundred different ways. So I will attribute this quote to me. <laughs> all right. Uh, I forgot what the quote was. It's <laughs> <laughs> really good buildup. It's, it's yeah, I know. So, wow. That was a, That was the biggest letdown. Of, I was of like leaning forward. Right I was there, like, yeah. what is this? Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I can't wait. For this. What was I going to say? Oh, yes. Um, that we entertain. We let people into our living. Uh, we let people into our living room through our television and through the computer that we would never let in through the front door. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, you know. So there's so there's things that that need to be uh, considered there, and you need to you know consider entertainment boundaries and yeah. the way that you allow people to treat each other in your home. Uh, you know, even even language that is used. You know, I I may not confront somebody for their. Uh, their use of crass language out in the world. But if somebody comes into my home and starts dropping F-bombs, we're going to have a problem, you know? Yeah. Because that's not acceptable in our house, you know? Yeah. So there's things, you know, there's, there's going to be things like that, of course, that, uh, that have to be worked out as well. Yeah. Um, and, I and I think we'll, we'll get into that. So, so maybe that would be the, the takeaway to kind of reiterate. If you don't have boundaries now as an individual or as a family, Right. Think about the like. Start thinking about it. Maybe write them down. Like I, right. I don't think that's a bad idea. Start right. thinking about the, it, you know, if if you're single and you're you're trying to date, what kind of boundaries are you going to have when you date? Um, what kind of boundaries do you have with various family members? Like the the, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. very crass uncle who comes in and says, yeah. you know, right, you, you know, th think about these things. Talk about them with your spouse. Talk, you know, and and and. Set yeah. set the boundaries. You are responsible yeah. for it, right? And like, then set the boundaries. So, so your boundaries. That's the other thing is, and this is the most uncomfortable part. People, I think, are, are very comfortable setting boundaries in their mind, yeah, and then keeping it contained in their mind. And then when that boundary is violated, then once everybody leaves the house after they get together, you and your wife pop down the couch and go, "Oh, that was terrible." Yeah, did you hear what he said? Did you hear what you know? This was going on and that, and oh man, the kids heard it and blah 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 blah. You know the whole thing. Uh, you know their their cousins are watching things on their phone and showing them and blah blah blah. All those different kinds of things. It's easy to set the boundaries in your mind. It's much more difficult to express those boundaries. It's hard. It can be say, hard. Yeah, this is not acceptable in our home. Yeah, you know, we we've and had to do that. I hope it's not too harsh, but I mean, but if somebody has a problem with that, they can leave. Yeah. That, that's, 
we, we we've had to do that a handful of times and yeah. um not, thankfully not often but there have there have been times when when yeah. we've had to say to to uh, a friend mm-hmm. you can't we're not going to let you be around our kids right because of the way you act right uh and and it it was like heartbreaking for the person like you could mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. you could see that uh, yeah. on this, I think on sometimes friend. even laying those boundaries does sober people up though too. Yeah. I, Cause here's what cause I found. It could be a reality check. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I found even like on, on the language aspect of things, um, there's this interesting phenomenon that takes place that for the most part, people don't swear around pastors. Like if they know I'm a pastor, they'll stop. Swearing. And I have a, I went on an elk hunt one time. Um, it's a really quick story. I went on an elk hunt one time. Me and my dad, we went and uh, we went to this lodge and there's all these other guys. There it was like a guided hunt, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was like this big deal. And um, so I'm, I'm young. I'm like in my uh, mid twenties at this time. And uh, everybody else is like 30, 40 years, my senior, you know, like it's like old retired guys, you know, right. doing this elk hunt and everything. And so we are kind of meet like in the lodge and, and there's kind of like this meet and greet time before we go off with our guides and all this stuff. And there's all these guys um, and they're just talking. I mean, they're just, they're just doing the just rough talk, you know, swearing and using the Lord's name in vain and all these different things going on. Right. So we're all kind of like standing around the living room and one guy starts the inevitable question, you know, what do you do for a living or what did you do for a living? Because a lot of those guys are retired. Right. So it starts on the guy left of me. Right. And then it starts working clockwise. So I'm the last one, right? So uh-huh. everybody's kind of going around talking about, this is what I do, this is what I do, this is what I do, what I do. And this whole time, I mean, it's been an hour, and they've just been all over this place with their conversations. It gets to me, and I'm like, well, I'm a pastor. And you can just feel the air suck out of the room. <laughs> you know? There goes like, the fun. And, yeah. yeah. Ooh, and there's just this <laughs> uncomfortable, uh, there's like this uncomfortable, like, oh, you know, kind of thing. But we know what's amazing? Is that all of those guys in their conversations with me for the rest of the time that we were there didn't swear, hmm. you know? And it was like, they just knew, like, even though they weren't Christians, they just knew like, so they could control themselves in that much. It is not yeah. too much to ask for somebody coming into your home that they act a certain way yeah, or that they yeah. even, you know, even that they, you know, uh, carry themselves a certain way, you know, those kinds of things. So yeah, a friend, friend of the podcast, I'll share this illustration. Cause he, when I posted yeah. this on the page about, mm-hmm. Hey, pray for us. We're doing this mm-hmm. difficult episode. Uh, Robert Mitchell, Matthews McDonald, a friend of ours from the podcast, he, he sent this example. I told him I, I might use it, but he says the analogy they like to use. And I thought this was pretty good. He says, when you build, when you set boundaries for your family, it's like building a wall around your home. It's a wall, but there's doors and windows, right? And you can shut them and open them. Right. Right. Yeah. I thought that's a pretty good analogy because, and that, and that's what it is. Sometimes you need to know it's time to shut a door. Yeah, but you right. can always open it back up, right? You right, can, right. You can, yeah, you know? yeah. There's an appropriate ways to come into the house, and it's not through the walls. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah exactly through the established doorways and things like that. You're not the Kool Aid um, man. There is also, and I think it, it probably, we probably should cover this because this is also part of the intro of our, our next episode. It probably will be um, a good transitionary point. It's just kind of thinking the broad categories of boundaries. And we've, we've hit on a lot of this already, um, that for the Christian, your, any boundary that you set, is going to be rooted in one of three uh, kind of categories. The first one would be 
preferential things, which these are negotiable things. These are things that are not necessarily tied to a biblical or a moral principle. All right. Um, this is silly things like, um, where are we going to eat? Are we going to go to, are we going to get pizza? Or are we going to get burgers? You know? Okay. And your preference will, will speak to that. Uh, and there may be things that you're like, no, I, I mean, I hate Mexican food, so we're never going, you know, to the Mexican food. And could that be negotiable? Sure. You know, uh, occasionally, but it is nevertheless a boundary that you establish. Okay. And I've got a boundary a, for, I've got a boundary for pickles. Yeah. Yeah. I don't eat, I hate pickles. Really? Just, yeah. Well, is true. it, or is it like all pickled things? All, like, like sauerkraut any, things? Yeah. Like I don't that. like, I don't yeah. like sauerkraut. I don't know. It's the pickled the eggs. No. So is it vinegar? Eggs. I don't know. What it it, I like vinegar. I like vinegar. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But it's, but there you go. It's a preferential thing for me. Right. But if you were starving, you'd eat it. Maybe it's more of a conviction. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, actually I have a biblical reason I don't eat pickled eggs and I would like to, I've got a three point message on that actually. And it's alliterated. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, there's there's preferential things, you know. Again, I like steak more than pasta or whatever. Uh, but then there's like the the area of, and, and these categories are kind of this is like kind of out of my own mind. So it's it may there may be a better way to define these categories, and I recognize that. And if you have a better way to define them, leave a comment in the YouTube section or on the Facebook oh, page. That's a great like idea. Blake. It could be helpful. It could be helpful uh, not only for our understanding and thinking, but also for that nasty algorithm Hmm. um so there's the convictions kind of aspect too so i would put these things under semi-negotiable things these are things that are not maybe clearly stated uh in the bible but you can draw out principle okay so you're kind of taking your your biblical principles and your social concepts and you're forming a boundary with those with those things i think um the having not having your children stay over at someone's house i mean that I think that falls into this category of social concept of our understanding of things, as well as some biblical principles of protecting your children and and those kinds of things. Um, And then that way you form a boundary. Okay. Yeah. Uh, And then the last one is, is, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, they're, they're simply clear commands. Okay. That when you're thinking about things like coveting or adultery, or murder, or theft, or dishonoring your parents, or idolatry. Um, one of the things we're looking very forward to is we think that in the next season of the podcast, we're going to be looking oh. through the Ten Commandments. Oh, you just put that matzo ball out there. Yeah, and I. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a tasty matzo ball. Yeah, and so, so we're kind of we're pretty excited about that. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be really good and really yeah. beneficial. Um, but that being said, these are non-negotiable things, right? Yeah. Like there's no, there's no reason for you to commit adultery. There's no reason for you to lie. There's no reason for you to steal. There's no reason, you know, so these are things that God has clearly said, these things are sinful and you're not supposed to do them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so those make easy, those, those almost make easier boundaries. You know, the things yeah. that are very clear, the thus says the Lord boundaries. Right. Um, 
when you're talking about though uh, social concepts and cultural concepts of what is acceptable and not acceptable, um, and those things, those are way, way more difficult. Way more difficult to set. Mm. I think, anyway. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, yeah. So next time, uh, we are already at an hour. <laughs> we kind of knew this was going to happen, though. Uh, you know, next time we're going to talk about uh, different types of boundaries. We talk about categories of boundaries. Uh, but we're going to look at some of the classic types of boundaries, uh, things like physical boundaries, emotional boundaries. Setting boundaries with your time is a huh. huge one. You only have so much time and so many people want pieces of it. Um, and so setting boundaries uh, that way, uh, we're going to look at setting material boundaries and kind of what some of that looks like. Um, you know, we'll talk about um, dealing with difficult parents um, and difficult relatives uh, as far as what does it look like to, to honor your parents. Um, what are the requirements of of the Christian adult child? Um, and then what liberties do they have? Mm -hmm. uh, we'll talk a little bit about dealing with uh, you know difficult situations with your with your siblings. Uh, and then Lord willing, we'll end it all with talking about our boundaries with non-Christians and what our non-Christian friendships and relationships look like uh, because they are going to be a little different when it comes to the non-Christian and the, and the Christian. Yeah. So, um, Jack, do you have anything else? No, just the, the exhortation. If, if you don't, if you've not taken time to think about your boundaries, yeah. start doing that. Start, yep. start thinking about that. Talk to your wife, talk to your yeah. parents, talk to your pastor and start mm. thinking about, Hey, what are my individual boundaries or what am I, what are, what are boundaries I need to develop for my family? Like that's your homework. Like, yeah, there you go. Consider writing them out, <laughs> but think about it, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, there's your homework. All right. There's your homework. All right. Well, this is The Chorus in the Chaos. I'm Blake. We have Jack with us, of course. Thank you for joining us uh, for this podcast. I hope it's been beneficial for you. And we will see you next time with Grayson, Lord willing. This is The Chorus in the Chaos. Bye. Bye-bye.